0: Sunday it's the best day of the week I hope y'all are ready to worship and praise let's get up we're gonna shake it off a little bit it's an important Sunday it's baptism Sunday it's one of my favorite Sundays Woo! we're gonna see people's lives get changed right in front of us amen all right let's start in prayer father we just invite you into this house lord let's first make a declaration this is your house god First, we're going to allow you to do what you want to do. And we're just going to stand in awe. And we're going to receive that. We're going to move the way you want us to move, God. We're going to give you the praise the way that you want us to praise you. And God, we just give you the glory right now. Everything that happens today is through you and for you. And we are just glad to be in your, in your hands, Father, to be used by you. In your name we pray. Amen. Woo. Let's just worship him. Everybody stand. We serve a faithful God. Amen. keep worshiping keep declaring that he is the god who keeps all of his promises amen We just praise you, Father. That you're the God who knows the plans that you have for us. And they are good. They're not meant to harm. But they're meant to help you prosper. To see a better future. Let's just sing that again. For I know... Your thoughts, your plans for me are good. And I know that you hold my future and
1: my hope. Because your promises never fail. Your promises never fail. Your promises never fail. Your promises never fail.
0: just linger in that this morning, that His promises are good, and they will never fail. Amen. Amen.
1: Woo.
2: Wow, what a joy. You can be seated if you like. What a joy today to celebrate with our baptism candidates, their decision they made to walk with Jesus to make Him the Lord and the leader of their life. I think what's so beautiful about this um, particular baptism is you know, they're all all adults. A lot of times we'll have kids, you know, in the group, in the mix, and that's great, kids that are growing up and they're in our kids' classes and they're learning about Jesus, and their teachers at one time or another will ask them if they want to invite Jesus to be their Lord and leader. Statistics say that as we get older, the challenge of committing our life to the Lord, you know, um, they, it, it goes down because people have their own agenda, their own plan, their own way. So when we, have, when we encounter adults that meet Christ and make Him the Lord and the leader of their life, we know there's been an encounter. There's been something that's happened. God's shown up in a powerful way. Paul was on his way to persecute some more Christians when a light knocked him off of his donkey. <laughs> Blinded him. And the Lord spoke to him. And he was forever changed. And I believe that The people we're going to baptize today have had encounters with the lord in some powerful ways that uh, represent uh, that similar kind of an experience where they are saying man i've met the real jesus and i want to make him the lord and the leader of my life i've come to understand the grace that he's offered his forgiveness and by faith i have received him as my lord and savior And I'm making the leader of my life. And I will follow him all the days of my life. All the days of my life. It's so powerful, isn't it? Who wants to start today? You guys are on the front row. Come on up. Here's the stairs over here. (laughs) Yeah, Vanessa, you want to come over and help out. Damon's part of the youth program too, so we're going to have you stand up close to this side and we're going I'm going to have Vanessa help me out, all right? Or should we let's do it the opposite way so they can see you, okay? Majority of people over here. I'm sorry to move you around. <laughs> it's okay. We're so grateful that you and your family have come and in all the things that God has been doing in your life. And uh, we're glad to have you as a member of uh, the church, but as a as a member of our youth group. Vanessa, do you want to say anything about?
3: Um,
0: it's been a real joy to have you there. And for you guys who don't know their stories, you know, it'd be, I recommend come meet the Jenner family. I mean, I I even recall, you know, this is a big deal making this decision where we're you know just a couple of weeks before Easter I made an announcement about Easter and you know how we celebrate the death of Christ and he had come up to me after service and said I had no idea Easter was about Jesus' death and so just to see this big transformation and just your love for life your love for God it's been a big blessing
2: Tom, you want to share a little bit about your experience coming here and how God's kind of directed you guys?
3: It's hard to put into words exactly what it is I'm feeling now, and, and even harder to describe the difference between now and just a year ago, but I'm very grateful to be part of this family, and I'm very grateful for... what Jesus has done for me and my family's lives.
2: One thing I love about this family too is immediately they jumped in and just started serving, you know, like uh, they have been serving faithfully ever since they came here and we're so grateful for them, so grateful for what God's done. Is there anything you'd like to share, Angie?
4: Um, Nothing in particular, Uh, really just to echo what my husband said. Uh, A lot can change in a year, a lot can change in a month and Jesus will move in the way he needs to in your life so, Keep, keep the faith in him and just know that it's all going to work out.
2: And we're so proud of you guys. doesn't surprise, huh? Oh, yeah. It's not quite bathtub water, but at least yeah. it's not freezing cold, right? <laughs> we have a little heater in there that helps out a little bit. We're so grateful for you guys. I mean, what a joy, and, you know, this has been a, a reconnection on a number of levels, and, uh, you know, uh, Vanessa and uh, Amanda went to school together, We're in choir together on all of that, and, and it's been so great to get a chance to meet you guys. You came, uh, you know, also during the convocation, and God really did some really powerful things. and you Anything you'd like to share before you're...
1: i um, just grateful to have uh, found our home.
2: Awesome. We're so glad you're here. And that's a big part of what this means, too, that we are uh, family. And we're identifying together as members of the body of Christ together. Isn't that awesome, guys? Where's Amanda at? Is she? Okay, you want to come up here? and <laughs> We're so grateful you guys have come along and joined us as family. Is there anything you'd like to share before we baptize?
4: I'm just grateful that we found a family here um, to find Christ again and to be back on that track.
2: Amen. Well, we're so glad you're here. We have members of the body of Christ. Let's just praise the Lord. Let's take a moment to just thank Him. God, we thank you for the work that you've been doing in hearts and lives. We praise you. We lift your name up. Stand again. We're going to worship the Lord in song.
0: Father, you are so good. You are so good. Thank you, Father, that we get to be a part of these moments. Thank you that we can be the family that you've called us to surround each other, encourage each other, lift each other up, be there in the hard, be there in the good, be there in the highs, and be there in the lows, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for the joy of knowing that this isn't where it ends, that we have a home forever in you, with you, in heaven. And then one day we will all be together, Father. We just thank you, Lord. I just pray for this service. I pray for everybody serving today, God, just use them, anoint them, Father, fill them. God, let them receive what you have for them. And everyone in this room that came here today. God, begin to just move in their hearts. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel something they've never felt before. And we thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but it's a good Sunday to go meet someone, welcome them. So walk around. You got two minutes. We'll give you two minutes and just walk around and go meet someone.
3: Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We're going to continue on in our service here. Um, We just can't say enough how grateful we are that you joined us today as we celebrate those who got baptized. Um, Can you just give it up around the room for those who gave their life, who just publicly declared that they are following Jesus? That is just so awesome this morning. Um, I know my wife and I were over there. We were weeping like babies over there. It was like, this is what it's all about. It was so awesome just to see that. Um, And they came and they they came in faith declaring, you know, what they believe. They believe in Jesus. And um, what we're about to do is we're actually about to give. We're going to give this morning. And we have the opportunity to come in faith as well. I just wanted to read a passage for you um, from Ephesians 3. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father... From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Says, I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Somebody say, faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, what is the width, the height, and the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Y'all, this is such a hard passage to read, because I can't even comprehend the God that we are serving. And as we even attempt to do that, I just get deeper and deeper. It says that his love surpasses our knowledge, and that he is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or even think. This morning as we give, I pray that your giving is not mechanical or just something to do just to check off your checklist as this is what I do every week or every other week. But I pray that you give this morning with the understanding, come in faith of knowing that the God I serve is able to do far above and beyond what I can even expect or what I can even think. And when you truly start grasping that or even attempting to, I should say, of the God that you serve, your mind just gets deeper and deeper. And just knowing that I, I can come in here in boldness and faith and knowing that God's going to continue to move for his honor, his glory, and we can't even give enough, you know. So let's just pray this morning, but I pray that you just come with boldness and in faith, knowing that the God that you serve is far greater than what you even think, what you could even expect, what you you could even imagine. Let's pray. God, we just say thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you for the public declaration of those, God, that are saying that they're going to serve you, that they're following you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing, God, across the church, Lord across your global church, Father, and just bringing people home to you, Jesus. I pray that as we give this morning, that we give with a heart of faith, God, knowing that you are greater, God. You are far above and beyond what we could ever expect or even imagine, Jesus. I say thank you for who you are. Thank you for your greatness. And thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
4: All right. Good morning. Good morning. Boy, this is a good day already, isn't it? That's a great, not a good day, it's a great day. It's a great day. I know, you're trying to read what my shirt says, right? It says, the world needs more sisterhood. All right, amen, amen. All right, we just want to welcome you here. We are in a series right now called Unshakable Faith. And uh, I, this is just, our word of the year is unshakable. And this, this is a word that God gave to Pastor Allen just at the, towards, I think it was around September, October, he felt like this was really the word that God was really speaking into his life for our church this year. And I just think it's very timely. Amen. Amen. That He is building within us an unshakable foundation. You know, God is not shakable. He is not shakable. So we just need to rely on him and trust in him this morning. I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about this morning. One is our purple card. If you are new to to grace this morning or if you have recently got new information and you want to share your contact information with us take a moment to fill out the purple card it's in your seat right behind your seat there is a little purple card or you can see our host today we have lisa and Monet at the connections table right back here Connect with them following the service. We have a mug we want to send you home with. It says the grace place on it. Just a gift to you to remind you of your visit here today. But I want to encourage you, this is community. This is family. God wants us in community. He wants us to have a sisterhood. He wants us to have a brotherhood. He wants us to be a part of a family. So we want to encourage you, this is your year. Amen? How many of you can say amen to this is my year? Amen? All right, we have a couple of exciting things happening. We have new T-shirts coming that says unshakable. All right, you can pre-order these. You can go to the church website at gp.church. You can pre-order them. If you need assistance ordering them, you can see Lisa or Manet today at the connections table. They're going to be happy to help you get that ordered. But we're going to be placing an order if you want a shirt that says unshakable, hey, I'm going to get my order in. Get your order in as soon as possible so you can make sure you get your shirt. These are fun to wear. It's a great way to kind of be a conversation starter. I know that uh, every time I wear a shirt that has a some kind of a statement, even yesterday I walked in somewhere, I wore this yesterday, I'm sorry. But I'm wearing it again today. Someone it's like, what does your shirt say? And I had to tell him. But it's a great way to say, hey, this is a, something that, you know, God wants us to be, you know, in, in friendship and in community. So where get one. Get one so that you can get one for a friend as well so that you can just be a part of what God's doing in our life this year. Unshakable. Uh, Next, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, if you haven't already joined a grace group, now is the time. We started this last week. We had our first grace group. How many of you were in a grace group this week? All right. We had a lot of people there. They were exciting. If you didn't get a chance to, to come or join one, it's not too late. You can you can see Monet, Lisa at the back table. They have a barcode or a QR code that you can uh, scan and go right to the, the group so you can join one. We have several options that are available, different nights of the week, different times. We want you to join one of these groups. It is important to be a part of family, a part of community. And then if you haven't already downloaded the new church app, isn't it exciting? How many of you have downloaded the new app? Nan, it's great, isn't it? Nan is on the app. So she says it's easy, it's fun. If you haven't already done it, you can also, their QR code's right back there. Simple, you just Click on it, and then once you download it, you just put in the church name, and it'll pop up. And guess what? There's all kind of information on there for you. Okay, this is a great way to stay connected. If you have prayer requests, if you want to give online, if you want to know what's happening, you can use the church app. It's pretty easy. If you're in a group, we do messaging through uh, for our groups within the app too. So make sure you download the app today. It's really awesome. And then just lastly, on uh, February the 12th, I was going to say September the 12th, I don't know where that came from, but January, February the 12th, we are having uh, we are having valentines and cakes, or cakes and valentines. So you want to plan on staying after church because we're going to have nothing but cakes, and we're just going to have a time to linger, fellowship, enjoy some bunt cakes from nothing but I love nothing but cakes, and so this is a great way just to invite someone. Hey, say come have some cake with me after church, but hang around, get to know someone.
1: I want to.
2: Yesterday, I was, I was like just, you know, huffing and puffing, trying to keep up with her at her pace that she's going. So uh, as, as we have all entered into a new year, we've all made decisions and choices as to how we're going forward this year and what, what is going to happen. Whatever it is that you have made to do, I want to encourage you in it. Some of you have come up to us and told us you're reading through the Bible uh, and if you miss a, a couple of days, a week or two, don't let that discourage you, continue. Uh, you know, the object isn't to get through the Bible in a year. If you get through the Bible in two years, that's fine. But the object is to read God's word, right? And that his word can be in your heart. So don't, don't miss the forest for the trees, right? The object of what decisions that we've made is, is to get a little healthier and uh, get, you know, get the ability to walk up a hill without, you know, huffing and puffing and all that kind of stuff, you know. And so we want to keep that object, in there may be a day or two that we miss because other things are going on and that has happened, but you, know, you, you don't want to give up doing a good thing, right? He that has begun a good thing, let him continue it until he finishes that perfect work in you. So I want to encourage those of you who are reading God's word, uh, because it is by hearing, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, right? Let's stand together as we look at, at uh, this section Of Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith father we thank you for your word we're asking god that in these next few moments that you would bring alive to us the truths of these great heroes of faith what it means to have a godly faith and how it can be life changing We ask that all in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, my apologies for those putting up, listening to my voice. This allergy season has been wonderful on all of us, hasn't it? You know, before I came here, um, I had the allergies from Phoenix, you know, and it was these palm trees, actually a date palm tree, that... The doctors found out registered really high as an allergen for me. There was a season where that took place. And I thought, yay, I'm coming to Austin. I'll have no more allergies. (laughs) Life will be amazing. And then you guys decided to plant cedar trees, right? All over the place. And so we're all enjoying that. Not natural to our habitat, but here they are. (laughs) Growing like weeds, right? I was thinking, uh, as I was preparing uh, for today, about uh, George Carlin, uh, the comedian. And he was not a fan of God or religion. That wasn't high on his list at all. I heard him once say that what he had to say about God was this. He said, something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, And the ice capades. (laughs) Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I'm not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. We understand that those who would say something like this don't really understand what the Bible teaches us about the fall of man and our contribution to all those things that he just listed. See, the truth is God's not responsible for many of those things. Fallen man is. And yet a lot of people feel this way, like George Carlin, that some of them just don't have the courage to say it out loud. Uh, but in truth, what's going on with a lost world, and when you and I were lost and didn't know Christ, the Bible teaches that our vision is not clear because we were dead. And dead men and dead women, cannot see. You know, we have no vision when we are dead. And so the dead are, are, are though, not only now in the world uh, in terms of, you know, their lostness and inability to see uh, the truths of Scripture, but it's been a little bit alarming, I think, uh, over the last decade or so to see that there's been a zombie invasion in the church, right? There are dead that sit in the pews. Uh, this is no, um, no connection to that, but Pew Research, <laughs> not about your pews, but Pew Research Forum Director, Louis Lugo, uh, he said that you no longer have an alignment of affiliation, belief, and behavior. He's talking about the church. Instead, we find complexity and diversity not only between religious communities but within it as well. In other words, He's saying people are just believing what they want and doing what they want and thinking what they want and calling it religion. They're making up their own religion. It is reflected, I think, as we as we look around the church world, it's reflected in giving, it's reflected in truth-telling, it's reflected in church attendance, and it's reflected in integrity. Godly faith moves us from... Being blinded so that we can see, it opens blind eyes and it opens our understanding. And I think it's interesting here, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and we read this last week, verse 3, we did. By faith we understand, those opening words. By faith we understand that the world was framed by the Word of God. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By the word of God. By faith we understand, uh, and this kind of faith reveals truth more than, than, you know, as we talked about last week, faith is not just wishful thinking, it's not just a belief that I have. This kind of biblical faith is an understanding. It's like I see things differently. Those that we baptize today will tell you, and and Tom did, that a year ago I saw things differently. Now I see things completely new. There's been a new revelation to how I view and see the world. Now this kind of faith has its beginning, though, in God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, we quoted a moment ago, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. Grace paved the way to reveal the one true God to us. That's kind of how we all came to know Christ. It was first we experienced his grace. The faith was granted to all of us from the beginning when God created us, he gave us all a measure of faith, which is enough faith to believe in God. All of you that walked in here today, when you sat in your chair, you did not first check to see if it would support you. You trusted that chair. You've had good experiences in the past, right? <laughs> and you trusted that chair was going to hold you up. And so you looked at the, the seat that you were going to sit in, and you just sat down. And threw your purses or your Bibles or whatever on the other seat, you had you know, the ability to trust and to have faith has been given to you by God. The measure that you need to be able to trust in God has been gracefully given to you but we don't really see it or operate in it until we understand the grace and the mercy of God for us personally. It's a story that Vanessa was telling uh, you know, about naming that he, he said, I didn't realize Easter was about Jesus. You know, and, and, and once he kind of understood Jesus loved me, there was a radical transformation that took place. Jesus forgave me, Jesus paid the price for me. And you understand that grace, then faith, in faith we reach out to him. Grace paved the way for faith to reveal the one true God to you and me. Grace is a gift of God. It is what we call our grace awakening, right? It brought an awakening to our dead and sinful nature. Nobody has ever loved me like Jesus loved me. You know, as much as my mom loved me and my dad loved me, nobody has ever loved me like Jesus has loved me. You know, when I'm at my very worst or at my very best or, you know, all all along the middle, no one has ever consistently loved me with the kind of love that God loved me, that he came from heaven. He left his throne in heaven to come down, to dwell among us, to pay the price for my sin. Nobody's ever loved me like that. I have experienced grace and faith believing we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I want to walk through what we just read a moment ago, these great heroes of faith. Uh, and that is sometimes what uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is referred to, the Hall of Fame of faith, you know, are the great faith patriarchs who lived faithfully. And, and so we can take some learnings from what happened in their life and how their faith grew and, and what, it, what it meant and, and how God received uh, that faith in, the, in their walk and relationship. So we have first here the reference to Abel, an unshakable faith that is, is based in a sincere heart. It's, it's based in pleasing the Lord. Now, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent, key word there, more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. There's a ton of stuff right here going on that we hear about Abel. Now, rolling back, for those of you who may not know the story of Cain and Abel and how that, uh, you know, Cain, you know, they both offered their sacrifices. God received both sacrifices, but he really loved Abel's sacrifice. And that really, you know, began to, to anger and upset Cain. You know, he thought that offering a sacrifice to God was a duty, a mark. You know, like some feel like religion. You know, I got to go to church. I got to read a scripture. I got to pray once in a while. You know, I got to give an offering. And I've done all those check marks. And I'm upset because God didn't honor me in a special way, you know. But here is Abel offering a sacrifice similar to what we learn about Job later. He's just saying, it belongs to you. I belong to you. I came into this world naked. I'm leaving this world naked. Everything belongs to you. I'm just bringing this because, you you know, I I love you so much. And I want to offer it out of the sincerity of my heart and the relationship that I have with you. Abel offered a sacrifice that was more acceptable and he presented it to the Lord. And his brother Cain was was upset about this. Genesis 4 chapter 7 tells us of the confrontation that Cain had uh, with God. When God comes and warns him, sin is at your door. It's one of the most, I think, sobering passages that we can possibly read. This is before he kills his brother. God comes and warns him. Sin is crouching at your door. If you don't rectify what's going on right now and get rid of this anger and this rage, you're going to act out in it. And he did. He struck his brother down. He killed him. Not, not out of, this, this is, you know, when, when Abel came before the Lord, and not out of religious duty, but out of a sincere heart, Abel offered a pure heart, the best uh, gift that he could offer to the Lord. Later, Jesus uh, testifies about Abel's purity of heart. And John, one of the disciples, writes about Cain's sinful desires. Abel's purity of heart, Cain's sinful desires. God bore witness of Abel's righteousness. And it tells us that his testimony continues on. That the testimony of him, we read it in the in the he the, these this Hall of Fame of, of of the heroes of faith in Scripture, but even uh, G, you know when God first confronts Cain with the slaughter of his brother, he says, you know, asking where you, where is your brother, and he says, I'm not my brother's keeper, I don't know where he is, you know. And God says, I hear his blood is speaking to me, his blood cries out to me. There's a witness and a testimony. Of those who are operating in a sincere heart before the Lord, that the gifts that we're bringing to the Lord, whether it's the gift of worshiping the Lord, or it's or it's our offering gifts, or whatever it might be that we are bringing to the Lord, our obedience to Him, it is there's there's a beauty in, in it when we are coming with that sincerity and that pureness of heart. This is not a checklist. This is not I I am uh, you know, as we said last week. I I'm, I go to church. You know, because I am a Christian. I'm, I'm, it's, it doesn't, I'm not a Christian, and then I go to church to prove it. You know, I, I go to church because I am a Christian. It's functioning in the relationship that I have with God. It's as natural as breathing to me to be a part of the body of Christ, to serve, to minister, to preach, to help out others. It's as natural as breathing, right? Then the second one here is the story of Enoch. It's unshakable faith that is rewarded by God. Enoch's story is interesting we just to give you a little backdrop going back into uh, the early Bible in the book of Genesis you know uh, it says that you know Enoch just walked with God and one day he disappeared now the you know we're we're coloring in the lines that how do people know he just disappeared you know and that he didn't you know get eaten by an animal and dragged off and everything it probably just they found a pile of his clothes <laughs> or something you know I mean they're like <laughs> God took him, man, him and God were having such a good time that God took him. Now, what's interesting about um, his uh, experience, and it says he didn't experience death, you know, like you and I do. The Bible tells us that, you know, is appointed once uh, to man to die, and after that, the judgment. So there's a little speculation among uh, scholars that Enoch, which didn't see a natural death, and then uh, Elijah... We find out later, one of the great prophets that did not see a natural death, a chariot of fire came down and picked him up, while Elisha, his, his, his uh, servant, you know, and, and mentor, was uh, in watching, and he just took him off into heaven, you know. And so among some scholars, they, they believe that these two may be the witnesses in the last day that we see show up in the book of, of Revelations, and of course, the tying it to the passage of scripture we, we said a moment ago. The two witnesses that show up in Revelation are killed. Everyone sees it nationally. Everyone knows about it, and uh, they're testifying of God, and they're killed, and then they're raised up again, kind of a a, a resurrection uh, of these two. So, uh, tying back to Hebrews is pointing to a man wants to die. After that, the judgment, and so those scholars believe these guys have to die, and then the judgment, just like everyone else. So. I don't know what where you land the plane on that. It's just a food for thought. But it's interesting the story of Enoch, and we don't see a lot. We don't hear a lot about him. But let me read this passage to you again, and, and I'll make some comments about Enoch, and then we'll move on. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, the brief account that we have um, of Enoch's life in in the book of Genesis kind of revealed to us that Enoch didn't always walk that way with the Lord, close and, and with great faith that it seems like that something happens in him after the birth of Methuselah, his first son, who goes on to live a very long life. Um, it, it may not uh, be too much of a stretch for those of us who have parented to think that that experience kind of is life-changing in terms of like, you know, for you, Forever, but also in terms of your thinking about where am I with God and how am I leading my family in the Lord. And this possibly could be the reason, the spark for Enoch's close walk with the Lord from that point forward. That he sought to please God, that he walked so very close with him that there came a point where God says, Hey, we're closer to my house than yours, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and boom, he was gone. He came to realize that only if he walked with God could he be a good example to his children. And by this kind of daily reliance, Enoch pleased God. I have a cousin who has, was living, you know, he grew up in church and grew up in faith, and you know, he was living in rebellion. And he had his first daughter and it was life changing. He had not been to church for four years. And boom, you see him on the front row. (laughs) It changes life holding that little baby and looking at that wonder and that miracle. And perhaps that's what happened with Enoch as well and became close to the Lord, walking with him on a daily basis. The third one is the story of Noah, which shows us an unshakable faith can can produce uh, a godly fear, which is healthy for us. By faith, uh, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah accepted God's word. He took heed, and, and he, he won God's approval. And he thought that obedience was the priority that God said, you know? Now, I I don't know about you, but like uh, all my work life, you know, there there was a healthy fear in me for my direct report, you know? And uh, so wherever I was working, if they gave me something, I could have a list of 500 things I had to do that day. But if the direct report came in and said to me, today, we need to get this done, I set everything else aside and I did what they asked me to do because I understood something about (laughs) obedience to authority, right? It's like they would forgive me for the other things not being done if I did what they asked me to do. And and there's a lot of people that that are walking with God that don't understand the the how to walk in, in submission to authority. Noah understood this. God gave me a task. There's a bunch of things I should be doing, could be doing, would be doing, I think, in my mind. But here's what God said. And so for the next few years, as, as other people mocked him, made fun of him, had no idea what in the world he was doing, because there had not been no rain on the earth. Can you imagine that? There had been no rain, and, and so they couldn't imagine you know, what he was thinking out here, you know, and, and uh, just just you know, on dry land. Uh, Building a ship and what is going on with this guy, but he was so moved to obey God That he thought it's more important for me to listen to God than it is to listen to what men may say Noah brought a, a daring response to God's Word and the warning he took Seriously about the events that were unforeseen the things that he didn't even know He hadn't seen rain none of the rest of the people had seen rain But he took serious what God was saying, something's going to happen, and we're going to need to be on this boat. And over the long years as he built, the people gave voice to uh, their blatant unbelief, mocked him, ridiculed him, but Noah put his reverence and his fear in God over man. Living in such an hour, I think, for you and I, that it's important that we stand up in obedience to God, regardless of what the world is saying and, and what's going on around us. So let's jump to application for all of these events, uh, all of these individuals, for our lives personally. It says Abel offered a uh, sacrificially to God regularly and in faith, believing in the goodness of God and out of extreme gratitude for what God had provided. Now, the question for us out of this is, are we living a grateful life? Are we living a grateful life? It's it's a it's the big challenge for us when adversity comes, when difficulty comes, whether it's losing a job, struggles in relationships, uh, you know, financial issues, um, you know, issues with you know how we get along with our direct reports or whatever it might be. The challenge for us is: Are we grateful that God is our provider? And I'm thankful for. You know, Samsung, um, you know, the the things that, you know, they they provide for us. You know, had a Samsung TV, that's great. A Samsung refrigerator, that's great, you know. But for those of you that may work for Samsung, they're not your provider. God is your provider. And if tomorrow they close their doors for some reason or laid off, you know, thousands of employees, that, that does not mean I'm not provided for. God is my provider, and he'll open up another stream of revenue. Sometimes we go through these, these, these little spaces of time where the community comes together and helps us until the next job opens up and God provides. I am grateful that I don't rely on Dell. You know, I don't rely on anyone except God. He is my source, and he is my provider. And Abel understood that. And so his walk with God was not one of duty and and checking a list of things that I do religiously, but his walk with God was keyed in on the fact that I am so thankful and grateful that you know who I am and you have provided my breath in my lungs for today. I'm blessed, right? Michelle, how's the song go? I'm blessed. (laughs) Come on, give me the words. Got this heartbeat in my chest. If Allison was here, she could sing it for us, right? I mean, even... <clears throat> yeah, the, the Canes are famous for this song, and it says whether it's your, Best day, day, or your, worst day. your birthday or a Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm blessed. I've got, uh, you know, air in my lungs. And you know, it's whether you know uh, it's a good day or a bad day. God's God, and He's on the throne. And this was Abel's living, understanding, walking in faith with God. I am grateful. He was seeing something the world doesn't see. It's because his eyes were opened up by God to see things differently. From Enoch, we learned. He said, "Belief in God' existence uh, means commitment to His presence and involvement in every part of our life." And so Enoch was, was com- had a commitment that his, he had a meeting and an encounter with God every day. And, and it, was, it was first and foremost on his agenda. And it, and it meant that his whole life was going to be shaped around what God was doing and not what was going on in the world. Right? Yes. His calendar was, let me see if I can fit you in. Right? Dentist, uh, soccer, uh, Ball games. Let me see if I can fit you in because I've got God here on the schedule. He's on the top of the list. I can squeeze you in Thursday at 7 p.m. I guess there's an opening, right? That's that's the way that that Enoch was was developing his calendar for life. Was I I have a preoccupation first with with obeying God, with following Him, with with having my time with God, and and a. a, a thoroughly secular society and because of our preoccupation with material things, it's easy for us to ignore God's existence and, and to overlook God's grace. But Enoch wouldn't allow it in his life. He, he knew that God was a rewarder of those who seek him and he put God first. He wanted to spend time in his presence every single day. Those who seek him every day can testify of his goodness. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord. I love being in the presence of the Lord. Michelle got a chance to go to that conference, a few others uh, did as well this past weekend, and we were just re- talking about how this is so, uh, you know these are important, we need to put these in our agenda. Because when we come together with God's people, just like today, when the goodness of God as we're worshiping together and, and praising Him, it, it changes our mindset. Instead of focusing on ourselves and what we don't have and what's wrong, well, you know, we get lifted up into kind of heavenly places and we see the goodness of God and we understand, you know, that this life is a short and temporal, but eternity awaits and there's a whole new, uh, you know, dimension of living that's going to take place as we are in God's presence forever and ever and ever. Noah put his reverence and fear in God over man. And by it, he achieved Three important things: salvation, witness, and righteousness. He put his 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 trust and his faith in God, and he was fearful more of God than 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 anyone else. And through his obedience, his household was saved while others perished. His actions affected you know his neighbors in every generation. You know, think about this for a moment. In every generation, Christian obedience has powerful evangelistic value in every generation. Men and women are, you know, uh, are, are influenced not only by what, you know, we say to them in terms of like about God and about our walk and our experience, but generations are transformed by how we respond to what God says to us. Right? Man, there was an NHL player this, this past week that took a stand in, in faith in full conviction, and ridiculed, made fun of, you know, ostracized, attempted to be canceled. and he made this stand that he would not participate in something that went against his values. He feared God more than he feared man. He worried about what God would think more than he worried about what the NHL would think or what his uh, the players, his teammates might think or or what his coach might think or whether he would get another paycheck. And when we see courage like that where people will take a stand for their beliefs in God, we see what we're talking about here in, in terms of of. Noah, that not only, you know, he wasn't one that just went around and preached the goodness of God, right? He was like, God told me to do something and I'm doing that. God told me how to live. God told me how to walk. God told me how to talk. God told me what to take a stand for and what to take a stand against. And I will obey God over man. His secret was his total unhesitating obedience to God's revealed word. The scripture testifies, Noah did all that God commanded him. I love that, man. I'm reading in the Old Testament right now, and the story of Moses. Moses did all of what God commanded him, you know, and and, uh, Joshua did all of what God commanded him. And you see, as, as you go along, you know, these guys, there's a pattern to this walk in faith, We're doing all that God has required of us and asking us to do and not a part of it. And then worrying about what might happen with what other people might think. Unshakable faith. Invite our worship team to come. When we talk about unshakable faith, the question is, does that ring true in a definition for you right now? That your faith is not shaken. That no matter what is happening in our world and what's going on around us, uh, no matter what your coworkers may think, uh, no matter what anybody uh, that is around you may think that, you know, uh, may have one time or another had influence in your life, that your faith is unshakable. There's nothing that will move you. Now, at points in this series, The legacy, faith of of Abel, Enoch, Noah, teach us that we need to obey God, but they also taught us that it's okay to, you can obey God even if all your questions aren't answered. Noah said, you know, I have no idea what an ark is. If you can explain all this and kind of give me a picture you know, and show me some stuff about what this is going to look like, you know, then I'll get busy. But right now, I got some stuff going on. No, I didn't have to know. You know, Abel did not have to have all the answers to his questions. Enoch didn't have to have all of his questions answered. He just like, I trust you, Lord. I believe in you. You've given me a measure of faith to to stand. We can please God when we trust him, even when questions are not fully answered. Pleasing God is is a faith priority. Lord, I choose to to please you. I want to ask you to stand with me. This morning in the building, you know, and uh, online, there may be some uh, here that, and you know, I've been there. I, I understand what you're saying that you're in the midst of something and, you know, you're like, this is kind of shaking me, you know. I've never gone through this before. And I want that, uns- I want to stand on some unshakable ground in the midst of this. It could be with help. You know, it could be with finances. It could be with the, the surrounding culture and things that are going on right now. Your, you know, worries about your children and, and uh, the kinds of things that are going on in our world that are causing you to be a little shaken. And, man, things happen suddenly, real suddenly. You know, yesterday you felt great and everything was going perfect. Today you got some news. Today something happened. And you're you're like, Pastor, I don't want to be shaken in the midst of this. I know that God is faithful. I know that He can see me through this. But I, I have some questions. And, and the enemy is kind of speaking to me and it's shaking me that what's going on. And if that's you today, I would, Michelle and I are going to join in prayer with you to believe that God's going to put you on some, a firm foundation, that you're going to be on solid ground knowing going forward I don't have all the answers Lord but I know you're with me one of my favorite old hymns um, that we used to sing in the church is blessed assurance and one of the reasons I love that was because you know it's it, it, it doesn't say that I have the answer this is my story this is my song I don't have the answers all day long <laughs> no it doesn't say we get the answers it says blessed assurance Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation purchased by God. I'm born of His Spirit. I'm washed in His blood. So God, I don't have all the answers, but I know what I know. I know I'm divinely appointed by you. I'm loved and cherished. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I am your child. I belong to you. And I'm going to stand in that as the storm rages around me. So we want to agree with you today. And as our worship team leads us in, in, in time of singing, if this is you and you want prayer today to be on more stable ground in the circumstances you're in, we want to join in prayer with you, okay?
1: Is running out, it's running after me. Your goodness is running out, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running out, it's running out. After me, Your goodness is running out. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give You everything. Your goodness is running out. It's running. After
4: we just thank you jesus church let's just thank Him right now father we thank you lord we thank you god lord that you are our unshakable lord that you are our foundation today lord god we thank you god that you are our faith today father lord we just grab a hold of your presence today lord we grab a hold of your faith today father oh jesus let this be a day of new beginnings father Lord, that we don't leave this house, Lord, the way that we came in. Lord, that we leave here knowing, God, Lord, that you have a plan. God, that you have a purpose. God, that you have called us, Lord, to a greater destiny. Lord, we just praise you, Jesus, for your goodness. Oh, we praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your goodness. Oh, we praise you for your goodness, for your good. You were good, 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 you were good. Oh, church, he's good, isn't he? He is good. I just want to remind you, if uh, this is your first time here, Lisa and Manet are at the Connections table. Alan and I want to connect with you today. Linger, okay? That's our word here, linger. Don't rush out. It's okay. You know, spend a few minutes. Get to know someone. We've got hugs to give. We've got handshakes to give. But we want you to connect with us this morning. Let this be a day of new beginnings. We want this to be your family, your church, your community. If you haven't already signed up for a grace group, it's not too late. They're going to help you at at the connections table. Church, let's go and greet each other. Linger. Give some hugs today. Amen. Amen. Go and have a good week.